Spirit of God, we thank you that you are so good to us. Spirit of God, we are thankful that even whilst we were still sinning, even our stubbornness, you are still merciful and you visit people like us. Oh, Holy Spirit, we avail ourselves to you once again. Have your way amongst us. We thank you. We are honored to be in your presence. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Why don't you clap for Jesus? That is anemic clap. Anemic clap. You know the king that we serve and you have to clap for him. You clap with all your might and with all your strength. Wonderful. Well, we, um, we just ended a wonderful season of Feeding 527 and um, I want to encourage all of you who are still within a page or two of the book. I think some of you are still at page three or page four. I want to encourage you to continue reading, listen to the messages, and continue reading. And God will bless you. And I also want to encourage you to read the other books that have been written by the presiding bishop. He is an anointed man, and... That book that we shared during this season is one of his many books. And if you were blessed whilst we were sharing from this book, I can assure you that you'll be blessed even as you make effort to read the rest of the books. But most of you have the books and you are not reading. Please try to read the books. Use one book at a time. Use the book to do your quiet time. Study the book. Take notes from the book. Let the Lord minister to you. And I believe that when you are done with one book, you will know that you are not the same person. Amen. Many people are testifying of these books. But the children to whom these books are primarily written for, they are not treasuring it. This afternoon, I want to share a very simple message with you about one of the parables of Jesus, the many parables that Jesus told. And we're going to be studying some of these parables. So today, we want to look at the parable of the sower, the parable of the sower. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus told a lot of parables. And it is one of his style of teaching. He is able to relate the kingdom of God to stories that pertain to us or stories that we can relate to. Amen. Amen. Because no one has been in the kingdom before. No one has been in heaven before. So he who came from heaven he finds something that we are familiar with 
and then he will relate to it so we can understand how heavens look at things also. Amen. Amen. Because if he came and then he is telling you of all the things that are done, are done in heaven, you can only imagine. You can only imagine. You see, the realities of things, we can't even imagine or we can't even believe it. So if, for instance, he says that the streets of heaven are made with gold, you have never seen any street like that before. So you think that these are fantasies. These are fallibles. These are just stories. Do you see? You can relate to it. So Jesus always thought with parables. And, I mean, many times with parables. And he brought understanding to things that they could otherwise not understand. So turn with me to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 13. Pardon me. Matthew chapter 13 and verse number 1. You can easily change 13 to 1 to 13. So don't be angry with me. That, um, don't be angry with me that um, I wrote Matthew chapter 1. Now you have changed it to Matthew chapter 13. Just put 3 in front of it and be free. Amen. Amen. But before we, before we begin to read this, why don't we look at our scripture of the week? Let's look at our scripture of the week because I've realized some people have studied the scripture and you weren't sharing it. And they were not happy. I was testing to see if some people remind me. But Beatrice reminded me. The scripture. Hallelujah. Wonderful. You want to look at the scripture of the week? Matthew chapter 1st Timothy. I think I'm today I'm really on Matthew chapter 1. I think the Lord is leading me to share something in Matthew chapter 1. We'll look at it. All right, 1st Timothy chapter 1 and verse 19. 1st Timothy chapter 1 and verse 19. Now this is a letter that Paul wrote to Timothy and if you begin from 18 he says this Charge. He says, now unto the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. And then he says, holding faith, holding faith and a good conscience, which some, having put away concerning faith, have made a shipwreck. Not good conscience, but having put away faith, they have made them li- their lives a shipwreck. Amen. Amen. I have seen people who have left the church, they have stopped serving God, and they have made their lives a shipwreck. Hallelujah. Amen. It says, holding faith and a good conscience which some, having put away concerning faith, have made a shipwreck. Have made a shipwreck. Hallelujah. So holding faith, holding faith and good conscience. Hold on to your faith. Our Tuesday service, we were sharing about faith. Holding on to your faith. Holding on to your faith. Fighting the good fight of faith. 
that you have to fight to hold on to your faith. If the enemy wants to take something from you, if the enemy wants to take something from you, you see, it may look as if the enemy is destroying your marriage. It may look as if the enemy is taking away your job. It may look as if the enemy is taking away your money. It may look as if, but what the enemy is taking away, what he's trying to take away from you is your faith. Amen. Amen. That you realize that as a Christian, as you are serving God and serving God and serving God, your marriage is going down. So you lose faith in God. That is what the enemy wants to do. His goal is to take that faith away from you. So he says, fight the good fight of faith. It is a good fight. Quarreling with your husband is not a good fight. But fight the good fight of faith. Amen. So it looks as if, you know, Job had so much faith in God. The Bible says that he was the richest man in the whole of the East. He was the richest man in the whole of the East. If you read Job, his resume, Job's resume, before God, Job was an upright man. Upright man. Someone who feared God. That means that he, he had faith in God. When someone fears God, it means he has faith in God. It means that the person does not do anything without acknowledging God. It means that he's a kind that leads not on his own understanding. He's afraid to leave God out. He says he feared God. One that eschewed evil. Job was not like you. No, no. Job was not like you. Job was not like me. He says that he eschewed evil. Some of you, you see evil, but you support evil. You see this is evil. This, this, this person is doing is evil, but you support it. You are with the person. You are with it. It's if, you see, Job was not like that. You see, he has chewed evil. He, so he had so much faith in God. And the enemy wanted to take that faith away from him. The enemy wanted him to lose that faith. Hallelujah. To say that, so that people will say, ah, do you really believe in God? Do you really serve? How come you have become so poor? If you are a Christian, you see, when people say that, there was a man of God who was sharing something. He says, when people say, ah, a Christian and you are behaving like this. A so then it means that what we are doing, what we call ourselves is a good thing. Because they expect something good from a Christian. So the enemy came and then he, he took everything from Job. Then your friends will come to you and say, ah, this God that you serve, where is he? Do you really, do, do, do you still continue to believe in this God? So it looks as if, oh, some disaster happened and his business is crashed. This business has crashed. And then another messenger came and said, oh, all of your children. A fire came and then consumed. They are all dead. So it looks as if, ah, what is happening to me? I go to church. I serve God. What is all these things that are happening to me? That I lost my job. That my marriage is going this way. That this is happening. That it is happening. That is happening. What? God, what is? See, you, the enemy is taking the faith out of you. That is his goal. 
That is his goal. So he says, holding faith and good conscience. Have a good conscience. When something is wrong, see that it is wrong. Have a good conscience. That is required of a Christian. When something is wrong and you see it, see that this is wrong. Have a, let your conscience prick you. Let your conscience prick you that this thing is wrong. What you are doing is wrong. Hold on to faith and a good conscience, which some, having put away concerning faith, have made a shipwreck. Having put away. Hallelujah. It's a powerful scripture. I don't know if you see it like that, but I see it as a very powerful scripture. So let us read it. Let us read that scripture two times, and then we will try and say it. Hallelujah. You see, when I send the scriptures to you, it means learn it. You can't memorize the scripture. Yeah. Do you understand? Try, try. Have a habit of at least one week. This is all we are asking for. The church is asking that one week you memorize one scripture. Amen. Amen. Or maybe these days I should give you the scripture like the beginning of the week. Is that how you want it? Amen. Amen. All right, for all the churches, that's how we are giving it, so we can't cheat. <laughs> Hallelujah. Wonderful. We all give it the same day. Saturday, we send the scriptures. Wonderful. So, one, two, three, go. And a good conscience, which some have been put away concerning faith. Have made a shipwreck. First Timothy 1:19. Hallelujah. Amen. Wonderful. One, two, three, go. One more time. First Timothy 1:19. Have Standing faith. Have made shipwreck. First Timothy 1:19. Hallelujah. Amen. Wonderful. You want to try? Let's try it. Let's try it. I, I believe in you, anointed church. Okay, let's try it. Okay, can you cover it? One, two, three, go. Holding faith and a good conscience, which some have been put away concerning faith, have made right. Come on, put your hands together for yourselves. Put your hands together for yourselves. Wow, powerful. Let's try it one more time. One, two, three, go. Holding faith and a good conscience, which some have been put away concerning faith. Come on, clap for Jesus. Wow, you have done well. You have done well. Powerful. But I hear that the loudest always comes from. Why? They have high voices. They are choristers. Oh. They are choristers. I see. Well, put your hands together for the choristers. Hallelujah. Powerful. 
Okay, so now let's turn to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 1. Matthew 13 verse 1. It says, the same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside. Jesus went to sit by the seaside. And great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. This is the beginning of the parable. It says, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprang up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no roots, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But other fell into good grounds and brought forth fruits, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear? Let him hear. Wow, what a powerful preacher. That is the end of my sermon. If you have ears, hear it. Hallelujah. Amen. Now this is a very powerful parable. And the disciples also did not understand. How many of you understand the parable? Wonderful. The disciples did not understand. So let us look at Mark chapter 4 and verse 13. Mark chapter 4 and verse 13. It says, And he said unto them, this is the same parable in Mark. And he's explaining the parable. And he said unto them, Know ye not this parable? And how then will ye know all parables? The sower soweth the word. Hallelujah. The sower soweth the word. And these are they by the wayside where the word was sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. Next verse. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness and have no roots in themselves, and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, 
and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in choke the word and it becometh unfruitful. Verse 20, and these are they which are sown on good grounds, such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. Hallelujah. Amen. Why don't you clap for Jesus? What a powerful preacher. Now, Jesus explains the parable, and he says it represents what preachers do. It represents what preachers do, or what preachers preach, or preachers who preach the word of God to different people. That is the parable, basically. It is preachers preaching the word of God to different people. So the sower sowed seeds in different environments or at different places. Now we realize that the outcome, the outcome or what happened to the seed that the sower sows depends on the various places that the seeds fell. Do you agree? We don't hear of different seeds being sown. We hear of the same seed. So the outcome of sowing the seed depends on the environment that received the seed. Hallelujah. The outcome does not depend on the type of seed that is sown. There is no problem with the seed. Usually, seeds can endure hardships. Seed can endure hard things. There is usually no problem with the seed. The seed is the same. Hallelujah. As I am preaching to you right now, I am sowing seeds into your lives. Whenever I preach to you, I am sowing seeds into your life. But the effect of the seed that I sow is going to be different concern, concerning the kind of person you are. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So the effect of the word on you does not depend on the type of word that is sown. But it depends on the type of person you are. The effect of the word of God does not depend even on the preacher. The effect of the word of God does not depend on anyone. The word is the same. Its outcome, what comes out of the sowing of the word, depends on you who is receiving the word. Hallelujah. So we want to look at some few lessons that we can learn from this parable. The first one, it serves as encouragement to pastors. This parable serves as encouragement to pastors. That no matter how well the pastor preaches, no matter how well you prepare, most people 
do not respond positively to the word of God. Most people do not respond positively to the word of God. No matter how well you preach, most people don't re respond. Say the seed fell in four different places. But only one place, only one place brought forth fruit. Now, if there are four different places and one place brings forth fruit, it means it is one out of four, which means 25%. Hallelujah. And even with this 25%, some brought forth 30, some 60, and some 100. So if you are a good preacher like Jesus Christ, and you preach to people, 25% will bring forth fruit from all the preaching, from all the preparation, from all the prayers, from waiting on the Lord. 25% will bring forth fruit. Wow. Hallelujah. Amen. If someone is sitting by you and the person is sleeping, say, this is a very important message. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Before the pastor comes to wake you up. Hallelujah. Say, I am part of the 25%. I am part of the 25%. Amen. People go and dance and then they come and sleep in a church. What a shock. No wonder 25% bring forth fruit. But include yourself in the 25%. But I'm saying that even out of the 25%, only one out of three of the 25% will bring forth 100% fruit. Only one out of three. So we have a quarter, and out of the quarter, one-third of them will bring forth 100%. That means when you preach, and someone says, the preaching has blessed me, and I am, I am all for it, and it has affected me, only one out of 25%. How, what, what is that percentage? What is that? About 8%. Isn't that so? One-third of a quarter is one-twelfth. Isn't that so? And one-twelfth is about 8.33 or so percent. Isn't that so? Work it out and tell me. One over 12. What is one over 12? Zero point, zero point zero eight three three times hundred is what? Eight point three percent. Eight point three percent. Isn't that so? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that so? So what I'm saying is that when you are prepared so well and you are preached so powerfully, only, only, Serene, only eight point three percent of the whole congregation will receive the word 100%. Only 8.3%. Only one-twelfth of the people will receive the word 100%. As a pastor, if you don't know this, you will be very discouraged. If Jesus did not teach us this, and you are a pastor, and you preach, and only one-twelfth of your congregation receive the word 100%, you will be very discouraged. Hallelujah. Amen. 
When you look at the lives of the people, after many years of preaching to them, you'll be discouraged. Amen. Amen. Because if it was not so, then 100% of you, you'll be saints. If it was not so, the work would be so easy. But only one out of 12, one out of 12, if you take 12 people, 12 disciples, and you preach to them, one of them will receive the word. One of them. Say, I am the one. I am the one. Hallelujah. But I know that at least in this church, one out of 12 people here, one out of 12 people, every 12 people that I choose, one of them will receive the word 100%. Say, it is me. Because if you hear some of the things going on among our church members, you will think that they don't even come to church. You see, that is why, that is why sometimes unbelievers say of you that even this person that doesn't go to church is better than you. Because you hear and it does not bring forth any fruit in you. Hallelujah. I say you hear, but it does not bring forth any fruit in you, but minus you. Tell your neighbor, minus you. you. Hallelujah. Some of you even get extra one-on-one preaching. Extra. Extra one-on-one preaching. But your lives are still the same. The same. The same. Your lives are still the same. You see, because the life that you live, it is not in what you say. The fruits... The fruit, he says, says, and they will bring forth fruit. They will bring forth fruit. Your fruit will show the kind of life that you live. It's your fruit. The Bible does not lie. I'm telling you, the Bible does not lie. It is your fruit. You can say so many things, but the life, the, the life, to know that the word really affects you, it's the fruit. It's the fruit. Hallelujah. So it encourages pastor to know that after I have preached, if I can get one out of 12 people to do what I preach, I should be satisfied. It means my level is like Jesus. (laughs) Amen. I strive for that percentage. One eighth of you will 100% receive. And another, another part of you, 112, another part of you, 60. I will take it like that. And another part, 30%. I will take it like that. Amen. Amen. The second thing that we learn from this book is that majority of the people, majority, the large percentage of the people, do not respond positively to the word of God. They do not respond positively to the word of God. And that we said already, that if only 25% or a quarter of the congregation respond to the word of God positively, then the majority of you, which is 75%, do not respond to the word of God. I used to get shocked when I hear some of the things that church members do. I used to get shocked when I see Christians, church members, Christians, when I see their photographs on Facebook. I used to get shocked. I used to not understand. 
until I understood this parable. When I understood this parable, then I came to understand that Christians can sit in the church. He says, a sower went to sow. He went to sow. And he sowed on certain grounds. So Christians can sit in a church and you can preach and preach and preach. And they will still be the same. They will still be the same. They will not change. So now, those photographs do not surprise me anymore. Since I came to understand it. The third thing that we learn from this is that God sees you as a garden. God sees you as a garden. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 4. Quickly, please. It says, For why one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos? Are ye not canal? You know, that thing is a very canal thing. It's very, it is non-Christian at all. To say that, as for me, this is my pastor. You know, as for me, this is my pastor. It's a very non-Christian thing. Especially if you are in Lighthouse, you have many pastors. Do you understand? You have many pastors. This past weekend, we had a wonderful session with um, Bishop Fabian. Wonderful session with Bishop Fabian. This, this weekend was loaded. We had a wonderful wedding. I don't see where the wedding team is. They went on honeymoon too quickly. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But it says that that kind of talking is very carnal. It's non-Christian. Amen. For why one say it? He said, who then? Oh, why are you tricking me? <laughs> For why one say it? I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos. Are ye not carnal? Who then is Paul? And who is Apollos? But ministers by whom ye believed. Even as the Lord gave to every man. I have planted. Apollos watered. But God gave the increase. I have planted. Apollos watered. But God gave the increase. So then, listen to this next verse. So then, neither is he that planted anything, neither he that watered it. But God that giveth the increase. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. The next one. Now he that planted and he that watereth are one. I want you to understand that. He that planteth and he that watereth are one. They are sowing the same thing. They are sowing the same thing. They are one. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. So as for me as a pastor, I want to sow. I want to sow. If another pastor wants to do something else, let him do. But we will give account. You don't worry about that. You just receive and do the word. As pastors individually, we will also receive our reward according to our own labor. Do you understand? So he says in the next verse, Verse 9, for we are laborers, we the pastors, we are laborers together with God. 
We are laborers together with God. Ye and you, you, say to your neighbor, you. Turn to the next one and say, you. He says, ye are God's husbandry. That means you are, someone has another version. Someone has another version. Ye are God's husbandry. What do you have? You are God's field. Who else has another version? Ye are God's field. You are God's field. Tell your neighbor you are God's field. Is there another version? It says we are fellow workers. We are fellow workers with God. Pastors are fellow workers with God. So it means that what I'm doing is what God is doing. God is my co-worker. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? God is my co-worker. What I'm doing is what God is doing. So if you are not taking what I'm doing seriously, you are not taking God seriously. He says, for we are both God's workers, and you are God's field, you are God's building. You are God's field. You are God's field. So what the preaching is doing to you is it is planting things into your life. What workers do, what workers do in the field, what workers do in the field, they plant things in the field and they remove certain things from the field. There are certain weeds that need to be removed from the field and then plant good things in the field. Amen. When you see an orchard field or when you see beautiful flowers in a field, Someone intentionally planted the, the flowers in the field. Someone sowed something. They didn't just spring up. Someone had to remove the weeds. Now the weeds are constantly growing. The weeds want to grow. But someone has to be diligent and constantly remove the weeds and sow good seeds so that what you will see now is a beautiful life. Hallelujah. So what God is doing, he says, ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's husbandry. So you are God's garden. Hallelujah. When the preaching comes to you, things are being planted into your lives. God removes things and he plants things in your life. God removes the disappointments and he plants new promises in your lives. Hallelujah. God removes the embarrassment, and he plants honor in your life. Hallelujah. God removes the poverty, and he plants riches in your life. God removes the shame, and he plants glory in your life. God removes the sorrow, and he plants joy in your life. That is what he's doing constantly. He removes the sicknesses. He rem- because they want to grow. They want to come. But he removes them. And then he will plant. He will sow seed. He will sow seed of health in your life. He will remove. He will go down and remove the failures that are in your lives. And then he will plant seeds of success. That will spring up. In the end, what you're going to stand to look at is a beautiful garden. In the end, that is what you're going to stand to look at.
a beautiful garden. When you drive by somebody's house, when you drive by somebody's house and you see a garden, you see a garden in front of somebody's house that looks so beautiful and sometimes you even slow down on purpose to admire, see the flowers here, the colors, this and that here. They just did not grow. They just did not grow. Somebody went down. Somebody went down on their knees, digging and removing, looking and searching and removing the weeds so that you can put good seeds in that ground. And in the end, if you allow the seeds to be sown, if you allow the seeds to be sown, someone else comes and then he pours the water. He says, the sowing of the seed and the watering, they have one goal, one goal, one goal. Ultimately, what is going to bring forth is a beautiful garden. That is what is going to come forth, a beautiful garden. Hallelujah. That is what is going to come forth. Amen. So God expects increase in our lives. God expects increase in our lives. Hallelujah. But there is a spirit of stubbornness. I'm just introducing this topic today. There is a spirit of stubbornness that makes people not do the word of God. That makes people not allow the seed to be sown on good ground. Amen. Amen. How many of you, do you think that there is someone that will hear the word of God and say, I won't do the word of God? Is there a person, do you think any, there's anyone like that? That he will hear the word of God and says, I will not do the word of God. Let's, 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 let's look at the scripture in Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 44. Jeremiah chapter 44. You know, before we read 44, let, let's go to Jeremiah chapter 3 first. Jeremiah chapter 3. And verse number 15. Jeremiah chapter 3 and verse 15. Are you blessed this afternoon? Is God speaking to somebody this afternoon? Hallelujah. God only wants good things for us. God only wants good things for us. Verse 14 says, Turn, O backsliding children, saith the Lord, for I am married unto you, and I will take you, one of a city, and two of a family, and I'll bring you to Zion. That is what God wants to do for you. That is what God wants to do for you, and this is how he's going to do it. He says, and I will give you pastors according to mine heart. I will give you pastors according to the choice of my heart. I will give you pastors according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. 
Pastors which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Now go back to Jeremiah chapter 44. Jeremiah chapter 44. And look at verse 1. Let's read from verse 1. It says, The word that came, do we have the New American Standard Version? Do we have that? You have that? Let's read that. It says, the word that came to Jeremiah for all the Jews living in the land of Egypt, those who were living in Migdal, Tafanes, Memphis, and the land of Pathros, saying, you didn't know that Memphis was in the Bible, right? <laughs> so you have to read your Bible. You never knew that Memphis is in the Bible. <laughs> that says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, you yourselves have seen all the calamity that I have brought on Jerusalem and all the cities of Judah. And behold, this day they are in ruins and no one lives in them. Because of their wickedness, because of their wickedness, which they committed so as to provoke me to anger by continuing to burn sacrifices and to serve other gods whom they had not known, neither they, you, nor your fathers. This is the reason why all the calamity came to them. Yet, say yet. God is a very good God. God is a very good God. That even whilst you were yet sinners, whilst you were yet sinners, whilst you, you were yet sinners, you, you will not even give your money to a sinner. You, once someone wrongs you, you won't give your money to him. Money. But he says, whilst you were yet sinners, he gave his only son. Only one son that he has. You have five, four. You won't give one. Even for a good person. The Bible says that. Even for a good person, you will not give. But it says, yet, yet, I sent you all my what? My servants, my servants, my pastors, my prophets. It says, yet, I sent you. This is when God wants to deliver you. When God wants to deliver you, when God wants to do you good, which is another point, he will give you pastors. He says, yet I sent you all my servants and prophets again and again. Saying, oh, do not do this abominable thing which I hate. That is why he sends his prophets. Do not do this abominable thing that I hate. Verse 5, but they did not listen or incline their ears to turn from their wickedness so as not to burn sacrifices to other gods. Do you see? God sends his prophets. When he wants to do the people good, he sends his prophet. When he wants to do you good, he sends his pastors. And they come and they preach to you. They come and they preach to you. So he sent Jeremiah to go and preach to the people. Now look at verse 16 in the same chapter. Verse 16. You see, you've never heard anyone who has 
said, the word of God, I will not obey it. You've never heard that. Look at them. He said, as for the message that you have spoken to us in the name of the Lord, we are not going to listen to you. This is the spirit of stubbornness. We know where it's coming from. This is in the name of the Lord. We know who gave you this word. We know in whose name you are preaching. We know the book that you have opened to. We know the verses that you are reading from. But as for the message that you are giving us in the name of the Lord, we will not listen. There was a, another version that I read and said, we will not do it. You see, you see, you, see you, 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 you are scared that someone will say that. But because you will not open your mouth to say it. But that is exactly what you are doing. You have, you, you, you have heard and you have clapped and you have laughed. But as for the doing, we won't do it. 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 Fornication? No, we won't, we won't stop. We will fornicate. Hey, the forni- we will fornicate. The lying, we will lie. We continue to lie. We know this is what you are saying. The word of the Lord says we should not. The lying, we will lie. You see, because, but you are not opening your mouth to say it like this. You see, these people, I believe God prefers these people. <laughs> oh, yes. Because God now knows their sorry state. These people, they can be helped. The prophet can go on his knees and say, the God of this world has blinded their eyes that they cannot even see. He has has cracked their ears. So Lord, deliver them. The prophet can go in, but as I've preached and the people, the way they receive, Reverend, Reverend, the message was powerful. (laughs) Reverend, man. Reverend, it was as if you were in my house. Reverend, the message has blessed me. But doing in doing, I will not do it. I will not do it. Hallelujah. It says, as for the message that you have spoken to us in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, we are not going to listen to you. We want you to know before you leave here that with a message, after you have finished preaching, you have fasted and you have received a word from the Lord, we have heard all of it. But we want you to know that we will not do it. We will not listen to you. Amen. That is why you must pray that you will be a part of the 25% who bring forth fruits. Amen. Amen. And then you pray again that you will be a part of the 8.333%. That will bring forth 100%. That will respond 100% to the message. Hallelujah. The fourth thing that we learn from this parable is that preaching is sometimes sowing and other times watering. Preaching is sometimes sowing and other times watering. Sometimes we are just sowing the seed. And other times we are just pouring water on the seed. Hallelujah. 
Now, I said that when God wants to help you, when God wants to do you good, the first thing he sends you is a preacher. The first thing he sends you is a preacher. He will send you a preacher. Hallelujah. If you read that scripture in Jeremiah chapter 3 and verse 15, he says, I will give you pastors, I will give you prophets, I will give you pastors after my own heart, according to my heart. And the reason why he's giving you that, he says, verse 24, he says, For shame hath devoured the labor of our fathers from our youth, their flocks and their heads, their sons and their daughters. We lie down in our shame, and our confusion covereth us. For we have sinned against the Lord our God, we and our fathers from our youth, even unto this day, and have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God. So for this reason, God will send you a preacher that will feed you with knowledge and understanding. God wants to deliver you. God wants to remove the weeds that are in your life. And he wants to plant seeds in your life. Hallelujah. He wants to plant seeds in your life. Amen. Now, because you cannot have the fruits without the seed, God will always give you the seed. You cannot have the fruits. How many of you can have fruits without the seed? Now, I can bet you that if you have the fruits without the seed, it's not going to last. If God wants to give you a lasting blessing, if God wants to give you something that is going to last, he will give it to you in the form of seed. And he says that the seed is the word. Hallelujah. The seed is the word. If God wants to bless you with something, you see, because I can give you a lot of fruits, but it will finish. And I can give you seeds, and it will continue to give you fruits year after year. You will never lack fruits. Amen. That is why sowing of the seed is very important. That is why preaching of the word of God is very important. Amen. Amen. I can lay my hands on you and pray for you and you receive something. But that is that. You receive it. You want a job, you receive it. But you will never be a good Christian. Amen. Amen. You want water, we will give you water right now. We will give you water. But you will never, you will always want to go back to Egypt. You will always want to. You want the water. You want the manna. Here's manna. It's a fruit. They did not have the seed because they did not listen. They did not receive the seed. They did not receive the seed. And so they always had a heart to go back to Egypt. Amen. Amen. If God wants to give you peace, when God wanted to give us peace, he gave us the prince of peace. Not the peace. And when we have the Prince of Peace, we will have peace. And the Prince of Peace is the Word. He is the Word. When God wanted to save us, He gave us the Word. He says, He is the Word. Hallelujah. If God wants to deliver you, if God wants to bless you, He will give you the seed. 
Amen. Amen. He will give you the seed. Sometimes you realize that God will direct. When God wants to bless you, when God wants to give you a mighty blessing, you will think that you will go to work and then he, they will tell you that there is this big promotion today. But when God really wants to bless you, he will direct your path. He will direct you such that you'll come to a certain preacher. And you will hear a certain word. That is a seed. That is a seed. Hallelujah. That is a seed. Amen. Sometimes what you are hearing, what you are hearing is not anything like what you really want from God. Sometimes what you are hearing is not anything close to what you really want from God. And that is okay because it is a seed. It's a seed. And the seed does not look anything like the fruit. The seed has no resemblance to the fruit. The seed doesn't look valuable. The seed doesn't look anything that is treasurable. The seed doesn't have, it's not edible. It's not what you want. It's not what you need. But that is what God wants to give you. Hallelujah. That is what God wants to give you. And he says that he will sow that seed. He will sow that seed. And then he will plant. He will, he will water. He will water that seed. And he will water that seed. And he water that seed. So he says that he that planted and he that watered, they are one. They are doing the same thing. But you see, you don't value the seed. You don't have any value for the seed. Because the seed doesn't look anything like this fruit. I want, I want a husband. But this preaching that you are giving me, it's not going to give me the husband. That is why you don't come to church. I want money. But this message, sitting in the church and just listening to someone just talking, it's not going to give me that money. The money has no resemblance to the seed. And so you have no value for it. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? But if you allow, if you allow that seed to be sown into your life, if you allow that seed, that looks so foolish. It says, by the foolishness of the world, he confounds the wise. If you allow that seed, that looks so foolish, to be sown into your life, and then the water comes, and the water comes, and the water comes, there is something that God does with that seed. When that seed is in the ground, we don't see what is happening to it. But there's something that God does to it. When the seed is in your heart, I don't know how. I don't know how. But there's something that he does to the word. There is something that he does to the seed. And the next thing you realize, something is growing out. We don't know what is happening in the ground. But the next thing we realize is that something is growing out. For the seed that we didn't have value for, something suddenly, something suddenly is growing out. And it's coming up. And it's coming up. We don't know. I don't know what the word of God does. I don't know. I cannot explain to you, but I know that there is something that God does to it. He says, he that soweth, he that planted, and he that watereth, they are the same. But it is God that something to it. It is God that brings the increase. It is God that brings forth that increase. I don't know how he does it, but what he wants, what he does, is that he sends forth his servants. He will send forth a preacher. And he will sow that seed into your life. Amen. There is something that he does to that work. 
Amen. Amen. There is something that he does. Suddenly, it sounds like just worse. It sounds like just worse. And you are sitting every Sunday after Sunday, Tuesday after Tuesday, and you are listening, and you are hearing, and you are listening. Suddenly, your life begins to gloom. Suddenly, something begins to happen to your life. Suddenly, people look at you, and they see something different about you. I don't know what it does to it. When the seed is in the ground, no one knows what God does to it. No one knows what God does to it. But he says, allow it to be in the ground. Sow the seed into their lives. Pour the water on it. Sow the seed. Pour the water. Leave the increase to me. You sow the seed. You are my co-workers. You just sow the seed and pour the water. Let them come again. Pour the water. Sow the seed. Pour the water. I have plans concerning their lives. Plans of peace and not of evil. They don't know how because their ways are not my ways. The way I do it is not how they will do it. What I want to do is not the same way they will do it. They think that they have to go to work and work and work and work. But I have a way of doing it and they don't know. Because my ways are not their ways. Neither my thinking, they are thinking. He says, as far as the east is from the west, so are my ways from their ways. And my thoughts from their thoughts. But you sow the seed. Just sow the seed. Plant the water. Sow the seed. Pour on. Sow the seed. I have a way of doing things when the seed is in the ground. Our time is up. Clap for Jesus. And stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Oh, Shandere oh. Mo. Heal us. Heal us from the spirit of stubbornness. Heal us from the spirit of stubbornness. Deliver us from the spirit of stubbornness. Deliver us. From the spirit of stubbornness. Heal us. Heal us. Heal us. Heal us. Oh Jesus. Heal us. Heal us. Heal us. Let us be included in that good ground. Let us see. Let us see. Fall upon good grounds. Let it fall on good grounds. Transform our hearts, oh Jesus, into good grounds. Transform our hearts. Transform our hearts. Transform our hearts. Oh Jesus. Transform our hearts. Transform our hearts. Transform our hearts. Jesus. Jesus. Transform our hearts. For how long? For how long shall the seed be sown? For how long? For how long? Oh, transform this heart. Transform this heart. Transform our hearts. Oh, Jesus. Transform our hearts. Change us. Change us. Oh, change us. Jesus. Change us. Transform us. We cannot remain in that same place. We cannot remain in the same environment. Replace this heart with a heart of flesh. Take this stony heart and give me a heart of flesh. A heart that is malleable. A heart that receives your word. Oh, Jesus. We avail ourselves to you this afternoon. Oh, Jesus. Touch our hearts. Every heart that is here, may you touch your heart. Touch this heart. Remove our heart. He said, You are the water. Let the heart be in your hands. Let it be the clay in your hands. Remove our heart, Jesus. 
Lord our heart. Lord, may we not be included 
on them that hear the word of God and are not doers of your word. But we pray, oh God, change these hearts. Take our hearts, oh God, and remold them. Father, remold our hearts. Let them be fit for reception of your word. We pray, oh God, that our hearts shall be good grounds. When your word comes, oh God, let it be sown in our hearts. And let it receive water. And let us bring forth fruits. We are thankful, oh God, for including us in them that hear the word and bring forth fruits. We thank you, Lord, for the, the blessing of a preacher. We thank you, Father, for the blessing of a pastor. We thank you, oh God. Father, heal our stubbornness. Deliver us from the spirit of stubbornness. Deliver us. Separate us from the spirit of stubbornness. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you for ministering and speaking to us today. We give you praise. We adore you. We love you, Jesus. We love your word and we cherish your word. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. If there's anyone here this afternoon, you are not born again, you have not given your life to Jesus, you want to say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to invite Jesus Christ into my life. I want him to transform me. I want him to change me. I want to be born again. If I were to die today, I don't know where I'm going. I've never believed that there is heaven and there is hell. But today, I want to come before you, Jesus, and receive salvation. If that is your prayer, wherever you are, just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. You say, I want to give my life to Jesus. If that is you, you say, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to give my life to Christ. You want to be born again. You want to receive Jesus Christ into your life. Anyone here like that? I see a hand. Is anyone here? You want to give your life to Jesus? You want to receive salvation? Anyone here like that? Why don't you all join me and say this with me? Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I have sinned against you. Lord Jesus, I am not worthy to be called one of your children. But today, Lord Jesus, I, I, I claim you are the Son of God. And I believe you died for my sins. Lord Jesus, I believe you rose again on the third day. This afternoon, forgive me of my sins. Let your blood wash me. Let your blood cleanse me. I welcome you into my life. Take control. Be my master. Be my lord. Be my savior. Please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you clap for Jesus? Clap for Jesus. If this is the first time you are saying this prayer and you really mean it from your heart and you believe.